Hello, Bibbles. It's uh, Sunny and it's me, Ed Fortune, and you're listening to FabRadioInternational.com, or possibly you're listening to some sort of fancy iTunes esque mixed cloud thing. <laughs> and we're here to talk about books, and I'm here with my co host, Ninva Hayes. Hello, everyone. So, on today's show, uh, we're going to be talking about funny, funny, funny books. Uh, anything that's funny, everything's going to be quite, quite peculiar. So, um, yes. So, hello. Hi, Linfa. Hello. Um, you can find us on um, Radio Book Warm, and that's on Twitter, on Facebook, on Tumblr, uh, pretty much on any sort of social media. We, we like social media. We, we like you to tweet us. Tweet us. Facebook us. Tell us why you love us. Tell us why you hate us. Just tell us something. Um, Talk to us. Give us attention. <laughs> attention seekers. Um, we're also, obviously, on um, the Fab Radio International website, and you can also find Fab Radio International on Facebook and Twitter and all the goodness of social media. So, I think do we have any news? Well, you see, this particular show has been pre-recorded. No, it uh, hasn't. No, no, yes, no, no, we no, have. No, it's pre so, so rather than bothering you with news, we're just going to talk absolute nonsense and tell terrible jokes because the theme is um, the theme is jokes. So it's I'm, not jokes. It's it's funny, theme. quirky, you know, funny. So uh, our news section, I'm afraid, will be full of us instead of news. I'm afraid. Very, very sorry. Gonna, <laughs> us. They're actually trying to be genuinely funny rather than uh, just us laughing at us. So I'm going to go over to the joke cupboard and get some jokes. Oh, God. Um, just after these messages. Just switch off the radio now. Just, don't do that. Just after these messages. Fab Radio International dot com. Hello, Bibble of Oz. It's um, you're listening to the bookworm, and we are chiefly pre-recording this for a posterity. Posterity. <laughs> I can't say posterity. It's one of the few words I should always avoid. I should never actually say the word posterity because I can't <laughs> pronounce it, and it sounds funny when I do say it. So I should never say posterity. So yeah, <laughs> you've said it like six times. So d- posterity, so posterity, posterity, posterity. So um, we will eventually get around to the book reviews. Uh, I will be reviewing. Uh, the Afterworld series by Barry Hutchinson, um, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and you'll be reviewing... Eggs, Butter, Sugar and Disaster by Alichelle Wright, who who I think it's locked in a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> See? Hello? Uh, hello? hello. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. <laughs> we, d- we don't have a l- whole lot of authors in that cupboard, I swear. Uh, R.A. Smith might be knocking about there as well. So they're it, having a party. We're not just kidnapping people we like, really. Uh, we should explain the station is supposed to be. Well, the station actually looks a bit like a TARDIS, by, the, by, by which I mean we painted it blue, but TARDIS on it. It's <laughs> nothing like a TARDIS. So, so we keep pretending that we keep smuggling authors into the building. We're not great. pretending. It's true. It's real. It's re- accepted, Edward. It is. It's true, actually. Um, if you, it, it's a bit like. Do you remember two thousand AD and Eagle Comics and those sort of things, where they they would give you a full floor plan of what the business actually was? Because as we know, two thousand AD was produced by an alien called Farg, and um, mm-hmm. he he um, he produced his magazine in King's Reach Tower, which was actually an alien spacecraft. Yeah. Honest, and they produced floor plans That's for the alien, cool. and obviously Starburst, being as old as two thousand AD. Um, also, was an alien spacecraft, and this is this is this is where from Gallifrey. No, uh, not from Gallifrey. I don't, don't know where it's from. Actually, I think it might be from from the deep, ref, re, deep, 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 dark 
uh, place it is the planet's skin. But anyway, um, there there is a floor plan somewhere, and every time we wander in, there is there is high security, and if you go the wrong direction, you find yourself in some sort of alien kind of room of alien things. It's very scary, actually. We should produce a floor plan at some point. And while I'm talking complete nonsense, it's because this is a pre-record, and we don't actually have any news for you. Um, we could chiefly talk about the conventions. Could, should we make up some news? We could make up some news, but let's not. Well, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, we could, call, yeah, we could talk about conventions. I mean, I'm sure this will come up before the big convention season begins. Well, um, we're kind of, it's starting, isn't it, big convention season? It is, um, yeah. And it's one of those. It's one of those interesting things. It's some of the, some of the more specialist ones. Andacons just run, and uh, I gathered the Starburst team had a lot of fun at Andacon, um, and that was all. That wasn't really books. It's not really us. It was all Thunderbirds and yeah. something. Still cool, but not us. And um, the whole brace of MCM conventions, which we, we which we love dearly. We like MCM. Um, they're doing a whole lot of stuff. We have Nine Worlds is coming up. Mm-hmm. Going to Nine Worlds. Lit Ed. Edgelet, 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 Edgelet is com- coming soon. Um, in Derby, Edgelet. If you don't, uh, the the bookworm team will be at Edgelet in Derby. We um, will. I'm so excited. By the time you hear this this pre-record, we will still be going. It won't have happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alicia, you were saying that you've got a bit of a con um, sort of diary going on. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've got uh, several. Should I just list them? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, where where, where can we find you? Uh, well, the first convention I'll be doing is um, the first convention I'll be doing is um, London MCM in two weeks. Oh, very cool. Twenty uh, third of May till twenty fifth. I'll be there all three days, and then um, the next one after that will be Wigan Comic Con, June twenty second. Which yeah, is a Saturday, I'm, I'm going to be a visitor there, and I'm, I'll probably pop by and say hi. And then. Um, and then it, I've got two in Manchester. I've got um, Manchester MCM on the 20th and the 21st, I think. And then ManxterCon, oh. which is a small convention, which is um, the 8th to the 10th of August. So, okay. um, is Thought Bubble in back in, towards the end of the year, isn't it? Thought well? Bubble is towards the end of the year. It's yeah, November. November, yeah. So um, that would be a cool one to go to. Thought, Thought Bubble is awesome. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, familiar with it, Thought Bubble is in Leeds. And it is in the UK, by in the, the way. UK. Hmm. And if if you know what the Raindance Festival is, which is an American film convention festival, even, yeah, uh, the Fort Bubble Festival runs a week. It runs for a week. It's in Leeds. It's all about sequential art. They have a whole load of displays and talks and lectures, and it ends with this big convention, which is a two day thing where everyone turns up. Lots of people turn up in costume, and lots of stuff happened. But unlike say. Um, San Diego Comic Con or all the other big kind of massive comic conventions Fort Bubble is very indie and has always been very indie it's very yeah, European, it is, yeah. it's very indie um, it attracts people from all over the world um, you know the, the likes of um, Kate Beaton and Gail Simone I think that's, I think that's roughly your, your spectrum there Mm. You know, you've got Kate Beaton, who is this webcomic author who's very popular, and then you have Gail Simone, who is who, who writes Batgirl. Yeah. And they both turn up and rub shoulders. So it's kind of, I like Fort Bubble for that kind of, it really feels like you're at some kind of cutting edge, hmm. kind of edge sort of thing. And talking about edgy things, Edge Lit. Is, is in Derby. Um, that's coming up soon as well. Um, that's, that's just spooks. 
We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll it's, be there, stroking the books. <laughs> Not uh, looking weird at all. It's an open secret that it's a bit of a party for authors, especially genre authors. And it is a totally open to the public sort of thing. But it tends to, a lot of the tickets tend to get bought by people who've got a book out who want to talk to other people who've got a book out who want to talk about books. Um, I have two books out. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Now, it, I will go and talk to people about their books. But, you know, if they ask... Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be loads of fun, and hopefully, we'll get some cool interviews, and and um, and we'll be able to tell you all about it. Um, and um, also, we should really mention uh, Black Library Weekend. You should, yeah. Um, and let's move on. Uh, <laughs> let's swiftly leave the cons behind <laughs> and move on to funnier things. Shall I talk about, well, shall we get some messages first and then we'll talk about Barry Hutchinson's Afterworld series. Mm-hmm. Hello. So, uh, <laughs> I'm having one of those situations, dear listener, where I am trying to sort out my notes. I want to talk to you about Barry Hutchinson's Afterworld series, which I enjoyed immensely and is very, very, very silly indeed. Um, it's all about... How, how, how do I put the, the Book of Doom? It's called the Book of Doom, for a start. Uh, and it's about Barry Hutchinson. It's, it's already a winner. Book the Book of, of Doom. Doom. It's out on HarperCollins. It's been out for about a year. Um, he's done a couple of others as well. Uh, he also did the Thirteenth Horseman. Uh, the two, the two that we're going to talk about is the Book of Doom and the Thirteenth Horseman by uh, Barry Hutchinson. Now these are children's books. They are aimed at, let's be honest, and I know I'm supposed to be all kind of you know boys can enjoy girls things and girls can enjoy boys things and that's entirely fine. These are firmly, firmly um, aimed at children who like messy, messy things and things falling over and fart gags. <laughs> so we'll not gender them, but um, yes, if, you, if, there's, if, there's a, if there's a young child in your life who's the age of about ten who thinks that bottoms are hilarious... <laughs> <laughs> I think bottoms are hilarious. <laughs> um, then, then that's pretty much a kind of... Yeah, well, that's it. This is genre, and I'm putting it down slightly because they are really, 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 really good. It's just that you know, the scatological humour across here. There is that that you know, there's that sort of thing. The, the main characters in both these books are boys. Mm. Um, so yes, it, it's, don't uh, let that put you off. Yeah, it sounds it, amazing. It, they do. They, they are absolutely great fun. He writes for kids really, really well. Um, and as a, you know, as a, as a man who's almost forty, I read them and I just went <clears throat> a lot. Um, so, talking about firstly about the Thirteenth Horseman, the the reason the main character in the Thirteenth Horseman is the Thirteenth Horseman is because they keep losing horsemen. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's the Thirteenth. It's not because there's you know there's, there's there's the three of them and then they keep losing death. Death keeps running off and doing things. Um, so all pestilence and plague are just like kind of ah I've lost them again, um, and they just turn up at this this lad's garden, back garden, they're living in the shed and he's been chosen and he has to run off and end the world that's his job Okay. and um, he's trying to tell various people you know you know, he tells his school teacher, the world's ending, and the school teacher's just go, ah, you might be having mental issues do you want to go and see a counsellor that sort of thing um, and it just gets sillier and sillier and Oh, there's, there's camels involved. Uh, what? 
it, it, it's, it, it's deeply, deeply, deeply silly. Um, it's the, the main character is quite strong, and the main character is quite fun. Um, the cast is quite fun, and it'll take you all of about an hour to read if you were grown up. It'll probably take you a little bit longer if you were a bit younger. And that's the first book in the series. And what that does is it establishes a world where God is not in charge of heaven anymore. God has left. Hell is still running. Of course it is. Because um, hell is where the bureaucrats live. Exactly. <laughs> hell, hell is very much a franchise. Yeah. Um, the, the horsemen of the apocalypse are waiting for the job to happen. And various gods are wandering around looking a bit bored. Um, because nothing's actually happening. And there is this book called the Book of Doom. And the Book of Doom is the book of everything. And everything that has ever happened and everything that will ever, ever happen is written in this book. And the thing about the Book of Doom, and I love this as an idea, is that it can look like anything. It doesn't actually have to look like a book. So there's, there's people all across creation, you know, on alien worlds, on alien planets, and, you know, everywhere, looking for this, this Book of Doom. It's not even a book. It could be a Kindle. <laughs> it could be a hat. Okay. You know, it, it could be a small pirate called Kevin. It really, really could be anything. Um, so... That leads to the second book in Barry Hutchinson's series, Afterworld series, The Book of Doom, which I think we're going to talk about very briefly after these messages. Or apparently not, because the producers just waved at me and go, no, 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 keep talking. So let's talk about The Book of Doom. So, The Book of Doom is, again, follows on different characters. Um, it's a sequel to 13th Horseman, obviously, but you don't have to have read the 13th Horseman to get into it. Um, it's very silly. It's very cartoonish. It's got a very silly and cartoonish cover. And the Book of Doom itself cover, um, covers a boy, a fifteen-year-old boy called Zach, who's fallen on hard times. And Zach fancies himself as a bit of a master thief. And actually, the starting start of it is very James Bondy. Mm. You know, he's he's a proper proper you know he's a proper master thief. He's fifteen, mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. he's really good at what he does. Of course, he is. Yeah, he's got all all sorts of techno toys and all the rest of it. And when you say toys, you mean... <laughs> well, you know, stuff that lets him get into buildings and this sort of thing. Okay. And, and glass cutters. So he's a bit of a Batman in the making. Yeah, he's like junior Batman. He's got the badge and everything. Oh, fantastic. Um, but what what happens is, is um, the forces of heaven turn up and say, you've been a bad, bad, bad boy. And he's like, well... Well, yes, and they're like, right, okay, we're going to make sure you don't go to hell, um, and we're going to convince you, convince you that you know you have to worry about this by killing you. So they kill him, and then they bring him back, and then he's like, right, what does that do? And it's like, well, you now have to do what they blackmail him essentially by <laughs> by killing him and saying you're now going to go to hell, but it's okay, we can give you a, a you know a pass. For a bit. For a bit, and you can. Steal you got to make it right, basically. You have got to fix it by doing this job. Um, and they're like, well, we don't quite, still don't quite trust you, so we're going to get this this other. This is brilliant. They give him a companion called Angelo. Of course they do. And the, he goes to Angelo's. Angelo's also a fifteen-year-old kid, but he's rather than the fifteen-year-old Zach's kind of really, really kind of hey, cool, yay. <laughs> you know, he's a master thief. He's fifteen. He he's got it sorted. Angelo is still into his Marvel comics. He's still got his bedroom. You know, he's he's. Still he's living. a 15-year-old geek. He's a geek. proper 15-year-old geek. He's really into The Incredible Hulk. There's a reason he's really into The Incredible Hulk. Oh, um, Okay. Well, yeah, most of the time, Angelo's just really kind of kind of 
you know, nice, nice sweet, sweet yeah. boy. He's a bit naive. He isn't very cool. Don't get him angry. Seriously, <laughs> don't get him angry. So, off they go on adventure, and the first place they go, obviously, is to Valhalla for some reason. Oh, I like that link. My review will be talking about Valhalla as well. Well, they end up, Zach being the opposite of smooth, as it turns out, because he thinks he's smooth, but he's not. No. He's 15. Of course he isn't smooth. He gets into all sorts of fights, gets into all sorts of nonsense, ends up, a Valkyrie sticks up from the youngest Valkyrie of all the Valkyries, obviously. (laughs) She's about, you know, she's essentially, she's a Valkyrie, so she's not 15, but basically she's 15. So essentially we have, we have, um, an angelic version of the Incredible Hulk, who's 15, a master <laughs> criminal, who's 15, and a Valkyrie, who's sort of 15. And off they go, and they're, they're looking for the Book of Doom, which is the Book of All Creation. Mm. Uh, and they have the power of the universe literally at their fingertips. <laughs> it ends really well, listener. It really does. I'm shaking my head. I really am. Um, Can you feel the sarcasm dripping? They're fun. They're just. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun, actually. So, you were asking me about, about, about an 11 year old nephew? Yes. Would my 11 year old nephew like these? Absolutely. I completely and utterly adore it. Um, they're for. I mean, I'm not saying they're for boys, they're for kids of all ages. But they are, they're all for kids who enjoy a certain sort of rebunctious humour. Yeah, he'll love it. Mean? He'll love it. Um, so I can think of I can think of various cousins and nieces who would also adore it. Well, I mean, he's quite quite. I mean, he's 11, 11 12. Oh God, I'm live. My family will disown me. No, he's absolutely lovely, absolute clever little boy, and and he's already read like the Hunger Games and the Maze Runner and all of sort of bigger titles, uh, but he loved like Skullduggery pleasant and all that kind of stuff you see that the, i think they're, they're aimed at a slightly they're a light read mm. is the point the entire point of the afterworld series is rather than because the hunger games is really heavy it is yeah and, and i love it you know as I, I think it's i think it's important for us to understand that as adults we can read the hunger games and go ah. mm. and then we can go straight on to jojo and martin and go ah. mm-hmm. whereas with kids that's actually quite a big read yeah it is and you, you need a light aperitif. Yes. You need just a little kind of relaxing, cool thing. And these are perfect. These are these these are your Christmas stocking for them. So uh, as, is there sort of just two in the series? or uh, He's waiting on a third. Oh, um, they, they're coming out regularly. He's he's very good. He's very good. He's a very experienced writer. He's Barry Hutchinson. He's done a whole lot of stuff. Um, but these are, these are very much a, you know, to give to the kid who wants to keep reading. And also mm. wants to have a laugh. Yeah. And also, I think there has that in the playground. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> thing going on. Uh, uh, so coming up next, we're going to talk about eggs, butter, sugar, and disaster. FabRadioInternational.com. FabRadioInternational.com Welcome back, listeners. This is Nympha Hayes. You're listening to The Bookworm on Fab Radio International. Um, thank you for sticking around. Today is a bit of a weird one. And we're having a bit of a giggle talking about fun and quirky books. Um, so Ed's just reviewed, just remind us. 
I've just reviewed the Book of Doom, Hot of the Afterworld series by Barry Hutchinson. We also very quickly covered the Bitty Enforcement. Yes, very quickly. And um, I'm talking <clears throat> about an independent book, which is really brilliant, and I had loads of fun reading it. It's called Eggs, Butter, Sugar and Disaster, and it's by the lovely Alicia L. Wright, who is also in our cupboard, or maybe not anymore. Escaped. Well, I let you out, really. So, because we really don't like putting authors on the spot, we've, you know, I tend to kind of review a book if if we've got someone around. Um, I actually discovered this just by pure chance. I I walked into a Waterstones. Hello, Waterstones. I love you. and, and Alicia was sitting there with, with a tin of, of chocolates. And at that point, you know, the rest is history. You know, there was chocolate and, and there was a book. And, and she signed it for me. So I have a first edition signed book. <laughs> um, so what's it about? Um, it's the story of Sarah Lena, Sarah, um, who's just a normal girl out for a walk with a, one of her friends, Mina. And they're having a pleasant stroll through the forest and get horribly, horribly lost. So obviously you're walking for hours where, where you think, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, we're tef- this is definitely the right way to go. Yeah, yeah, we've got it right now. No, we are not. I have no idea where we've ended up. And where they've ended up is this, this weird little cafe in the middle of nowhere that really you wouldn't even know how to find it if you tried. And there, there isn't a lot going on in this cafe. It looks a bit, you know, you know, just quite quiet and... and, and um, unassuming and and there's uh you know these machines where they give out snacks and stuff and and they go to pick up a snack because obviously they've been walking for hours and they're lost and they're a bit upset and uh some chocolates and there's this just machine full of cans and it's brew that they've never heard about and a friend is like that 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 looks a bit foreign Uh, i'm not quite sure i want to touch that i'll just get a couple of chocolate bars and sarah's like oh i've actually recently discovered i can't have chocolate my life is not worth leaving i can't have this Uh, so i'm gonna have to go for the foreign looking i'm brew thing that i've got no idea what it does and it's called um iden's brew brew yes iden's finest and uh, and she reads the back and, and, and the friend's like, that looks like, you know, some weird lucasade kind of thing for sports. And you know, it's going to make you. And, and at the back, there is a warning that says, this will make you of you a god. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's obviously a sports thing where, you know, it'll give you extra energy and stuff. So, so you know, she drinks it. And, and then she's a goddess. Hooray! <laughs> because because she's just drank a can of ambrosia, which is meant just for gods, and normally would kill you. But obviously, by the time you finish drinking it, you're not immortal anymore, so you, you're not dead. So she. <laughs> Ooh, I like that as an idea. <laughs> yes, it's very cool. So so you know she she's a goddess, and and because it's Iden's um, finest brew that she's drank and it's supposed to be apples and strangely vanilla out of all things um she ends up being part of the of the north pantheon <laughs> even though she's not norse i've got nothing to do with that but, you know she does know a little bit about you know valhalla and, and and mythology and tiny tiny bit like you know you would know nowadays if you'd watch i don't know four for example um and it's absolutely hilarious all the 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 story that ensues is basically she's she's thrown into the life of the gods she's got no idea what she's doing because you know she was just a little you know just just a normal girl up to yesterday um so she's taken under the wing of freya 
um, who's just opened her latest venture. Because, you know, Valhalla was was a bit old and boring and, you know, a bit samey. She all this beer and all these wenches and not not as much fun. So, so what Freya has done, you know, looking to the future of the afterlife, um, is opened a um, Japanese ginza bar. Ginza bar. Ginza bar. Excuse my pronunciation. Um, and, and basically, it's, it's, you know, the next step up from 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 Valhalla it's 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 uh, upscale and 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 super um, modern and cozy and and everyone's welcome you know it's not just our afterlife if you're from another afterlife and actually you're traveling a bit far um what you want to do is just stay over for a bit and and, and you know, enjoy the ambience have some nice girls come and talk to you they don't have to sleep with you if they don't want to but if they do you know it's all good it's all in good spirit so she's also opened some sort of like hotel to, for people traveling from different afterlives uh, that are stopping by just to have a bit of fun so 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 this is where sarah's basically given a bit of a job and a bit of training it's not a lot of training she kind of makes it up as she goes um and there's some really hilarious moments i mean throughout it you know that there's the the doom looming doom of ragnarok that at some point might might not happen and there's sarah trying to sort of make ends meet and obviously she has to decide who she wants to be because obviously you know she can't just be anything she needs to be a goddess of something she needs to recruit followers and, and make her name known and worshipped all around the world so obviously what are you gonna pick you know you're you're a new goddess in town everyone's got their own thing she decides she's going to be the goddess of puddings. Hooray! Actually, well, it sort of happens by accident. But it doesn't really, does it? it there's a whole, you know, when your name sort of rhymes with Semolina, there's little else you can do. <laughs> it um, was a bit inevitable. It was a bit inevitable. But it's, it's very, very cool. And it's a lot of quirky fun. And there's actually... It's one of those books where you read it and it's fun. And I, I did, I think I reviewed it, like, in writing ages ago um and it sort of reminded me a little bit of what little i've read of of terry pratchett sort of that light quirky um weirdness about it but also a different layer to it um there's a scene that i particularly love which is a scene where they play a game there's just a bunch of gods from different pantheons that meet up and play this game and it's such a great scene i'm not going to spoil it because we don't do spoilers here uh but but it gives the book a whole new sort of level of oh i did not see that coming so who would you recommend this book to well, if you like sort of um, light Terry Pratchett, that that would be a good thing. It's that kind of sort of sense of humour, very quirky, very dry in places. Uh, um, it's 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 very um, very British in places, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think to me Terry Pratchett is the first thing that came to mind, and I stand by that. Um, a bit of a not so dark Neil Gaiman, so a light Neil Gaiman, if you ma- if you will. Um, but obviously, very beginning. Uh, it was your first book, wasn't it, it Alicia? Was my first book, yeah. Um, and and you know, obviously, um, it, as a as a debut book, I thought it was it was quite good, and and I would definitely, um, if you're sort of a young teenager, I mean, there are references to grown-up things but there's nothing in there that i would go oh no 
don't read that you know there's no sort of serial swearing or or uh, hardcore porn or anything like that <laughs> so young adult up i would say i think coincidentally we've gone from and i think i'm just going to quickly segue from from here to a broader discussion but i think we've totally by by chance because obviously we plan these shows incredibly well um we've we've kind of gone from rather than just funny books we actually are more about these these two books kind of uh fantasy primers for for the young mm. uh, i'm tempted to say paganism primer but that might get me in trouble <laughs> no the, uh, yeah it's great minds think like edward you know we do that a lot actually why we have the author in the studio so why 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 the the Norse god? Uh it's just my favourite pantheon really. <laughs> um I always liked Valkyries. Um there te- I noticed actually it wasn't intentional, but there's actually at least one Valkyrie and someone called Freya in every story I ever wrote. <laughs> at first I wasn't doing it on purpose, now I do. <laughs> so there's there's a Freya and one Valkyrie at least in the next one as well. Um but yeah, I just I just always really liked that one. I always liked mythology and folklore, but I particularly liked um, the the Norse stuff. Um, is is why I, it's primarily based in in Asgard and stuff. So I just I just like it is all. I love, I, I love the dwarves. The dwarves are really cool in in the book. There's there's a, a scene where they're building um, Sarah's sort of palace, you know, godly abode, and it's very funny. <laughs> very very funny um but yeah i mean uh, i'd say as an adult you know because again i read it and i was um i am a grow i'm a grown-up um um i i really enjoyed it but I, it's something that i would definitely say yeah you know my my young 11 year old 12 year old niece or nephew would enjoy that as well quite quite easily and i, I wouldn't say i'd be particularly shocked with so anything in it. <laughs> we always get told off for not mentioning this. Who publishes it again? Uh, Tambourine. Tanborn. Oh, sorry, Tanborn. Oh. Tanborn Limited. Yeah. Uh, and it's a sort of independent, isn't it? Yeah, she's a small start-up um, yeah. in the South. Um, the website is www.tanborn.com and you can read, um, you can download a PDF sample of all her books on there. That's so there's cool. one of EBS, there's one of Eggs, Butter, Sugar, Disaster, there's one of Miss Prince, the new one, and there's one yeah. of her other book. Um, Emma's Stormy Summer, which is for younger children than mine. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool stuff. We so, do like indies. Ooh, indies. We do love the, the small press. Um, so we're coming towards the end of the show. We are. Uh, boo. So um, we're going to have to run away, I'm afraid. Um, we'll be quickly back just after these messages for a quick sum up and uh, obviously a, a morale, uh, a moral at the end of the show, just like He Man. Listen to fabradiointernational.com So, um, I'm, I'm going to carefully make sure our guest actually leaves this time. Okay, get, gets... okay, I'll take you by the hand and walk up to the train station. Don't go to the train station that's inside the building. <laughs> go to the actual train Don't station. Don't give our tricks away. There is no <laughs> train station in this building. Honest. So I'm going to have to run away. Um, so it's been a pleasure listening. And I'm Ed Fortune. So goodbye from me. And, and it's goodbye from me and for Hayes. And, and goodbye from me and Alicia. <laughs> 
The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab Radio International. Presented by Ed Fortune and Nympha Hayes. Produced by A.L. Johnson. <laughs>